The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyze. We failed. But in the year of the spoiler war, it became something greater. Our last best hope for answers. The year is 2015. The show, Down Below. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast for the second time. I'm Will. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. Yes, you can call me Beth. <laughs> uh, Ian can't be with us today, but we are joined by our special guest this week, a first-time visitor to Down Below. It's the Krakovian beer fan, Melanie. Hi, everyone. Hey, Melanie. Melanie. Hey, welcome to Down Below. <laughs> So are you in Krakow right now? Yes. Nice. And what time is it there? Like, what now? 4, 4 p.m. Okay, not too bad. Uh, 7 a.m. here. Yeah, feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least the sun's out this time of the year when we record. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we are here to discuss episode 12 of season 3, Sick Transit Beer. But first... A word from the ISN Underground. This is an ISN Underground report. It's been a relatively quiet week on Babylon 5 as everyone adjusts to the new status quo. There have been rumors circulating that Centauri Ambassador to Minbar, Birkato, has been recalled to Babylon 5. There are also rumors that he was to be married, but the marriage was called off. The Centauri delegation has thus far declined comment. This has been an ISN Underground Report. Join us for the Bycast, a podcast by and for the bisexual community. We discuss and give voice to all of us under the big umbrella, bringing you information, news, entertainment, and support for all. You can find us at thebycast.org, at thebycast on Twitter, thebycast on Tumblr, and bycast in iTunes. Visit the Bycast page on Facebook and see how you can join the Facebook group. And remember, you're not wrong, and you're not broken, and you are not alone. So pull up your favorite comfy chair and relax. And remember, everybody gets a cookie. (laughs) Sick Transit Veer. Oh, yes, everybody. I was sick last night, so I didn't do any preparation except for watching the episode, so... We're going to be winging it <laughs> this week. Uh, Six Transit Veer originally aired April 15, 1996, Tax Day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. It's not significant. It was directed by Jesus Trevino, who last directed Divided Loyalties, the one where Talia showed her, showed her true colors. Oh, yeah. And it was written by JMS. I'm sorry, my dog is sitting here staring at me like, he has a Shankar on me. <laughs> <laughs> my dog is circling my strawberries. <laughs> Keeps sniffing up every once in a while. Um, so I'm going to be using a recap from the Lurker's Guide. 
sure it's good. So let's get started, shall we? At least I can sit up now and not feel like crap, unlike last night. Aww. So the episode begins with Ivanova entering C and C, giving orders, and everybody's giving her these weird looks, and that's because she doesn't have any clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I wish Clarence was in this dream. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have seen his reaction. Exactly. Just talking about some like crew manifest, and I was like, everybody checking out her manifest. He <laughs> 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 took quite a long time before he started wondering why everyone was staring at her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you could feel. Well, I guess in your dreams you can't feel a cool breeze. But. I think I used to have dreams like that when I was in like elementary school. I don't know if I've ever had that dream. I don't think I ever have. I've I've had like the go to school and not know that there was a test or not know mm-hmm. where your class was or all of that kind of stuff. But I've never had the naked dream. Yeah, I've had. Uh, yeah, exactly. I've had the test once quite a few times, even out of school. Oh yes, <laughs> like last year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, even out of school, I had dreams about still being in school. Yeah, so, I've had yeah. a lot of those. Yeah, what is up with that? It really does a number <laughs> on you. I've had the very most in school school dreams. Yeah. Yeah, I think the anxiety of school just kind of carries over. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Melanie, do you have uh, showing up naked dreams? Uh, No. (laughs) Flying around on invisible furniture dreams. (laughs) So she wakes up sweating and screaming. (laughs) She would. I don't know that I've ever woken up and screamed. No. I've woken up with kind of a jerk, but yeah, not scream. Um, I don't think so. And I hate that. Like yeah. when you, it's usually like you have a falling sensation or something. Yeah, I feel like I'm I falling. And, yeah. yeah. I've definitely woken up and thought like something was, like I heard something or there was a spider above. I don't know if anybody else sees spiders when they wake up. I do. It's creepy. See, I see um, sometimes. Stuff in the room, like shadows casting and it looks like something. Yeah. I think this must be like just a TV or a movie cliche when people wake up screaming. I don't know. Yeah. Or sit up might, might happen to some people. Well, my sister does get night terrors. I don't yeah. know if she sleeps, but I know she does a lot of talking and movement and uh-huh. stuff like that in her sleep. Yeah. Like, I've never talked in my sleep, so I've never... Like woke up screaming, but I wonder if maybe people who do talk in their sleep, if that maybe happens to them. Let us know. I have a friend sometimes when he's sleeping, he'll have conversations with me. Oh yeah. (laughs) And the next morning, he won't remember any of those people are so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, do you remember what you were saying last night? I had no idea what you were talking about. (laughs) It's like I don't either. (laughs) Man, I would be paranoid that I'd be like giving away secrets in my sleep or something. I would, too. (laughs) I had a friend who could talk in her sleep in Spanish. But she was not fluent in her life? Yeah, I mean, like, she she had taken Spanish, like, in school and stuff, probably, like, all through high school. But, I mean, it wasn't like she was really very fluent in it. But, yeah, she would talk in Spanish in her sleep. Wow. That is interesting. (laughs) So I'm getting a strawberry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so next we see Veer he's on 
Centauri Prime meeting with the counselor. Have we seen this guy before? I don't know. I was thinking of him like the wedding planner, Martin Short from like Father of the Bride or something. He was very yeah. had that same kind of air. <laughs> I don't know if I just remember him from seeing the show before if he's been on before up to now. I think I would have remembered, but Yeah. Okay. I thought this was a dream. I thought we were going yeah. right into Beer's dream. Yeah, um the way this recap is worded, it says Beerus enjoying a little dream of his own, stroking the imperial trappings. Yeah, he likes that show, you know? <laughs> So the counselor is saying that he needs to kind of, you know, have his own voice in the reports. It's, you can tell that Londo wrote part of them. Then he tells a bad joke about the Norn. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Beer goes back and... I don't get yeah. what happens. With the with the Narns in the room, can somebody explain this? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't get it. He steps in full into a room full of Narns. He, he, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get that part either. Like, I get what he was doing later, but I don't know why they were all Accor- there. According to Dolores guy, there were they were asking about their family spec on Narn. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we were working with the underground there. Um, Interesting. <laughs> they all just show up. Hey, can you tell me? <laughs> I still thought it was a dream until Londo said, you know, basically talked about him coming back from there. Because it just yeah. seemed very dreamlike. It did, yeah. So Ivanova is talking to Captain Sheridan at breakfast and... She's talking about how she's dreaming and how she showed up for work unprepared <laughs> and thinks it might be her subconscious trying to come to terms with all the changes that are happening, but it'll all pass. And so, you know, could be one of those people who dreams about showing up for work naked. <laughs> you could, you'd be in real trouble then. <laughs> the look on her face when he decides. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kerida knew that he dreamt he was naked. <laughs> So next, yeah, this is a pretty funny scene. Next, Londo's in his room with a bug problem, and he calls, yeah, calls the exterminator, trying to get help. They're all busy. I guess their bugs getting in with all. They're not as not as many inspectors as they need. So he attacks with his sword, and eventually he's successful. Impels the thing. And... It was huge. <laughs> and not as big as the other one. Oh my god. That thing. No, he has a problem. They need to get to his quarters. That's horrible. <laughs> I agree. Mr. Uh, Hire. By the way, I have almost this whole scene quoted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he just went to work with that sword. <laughs> Is that the same sword from. Uh, I can't remember the name of the episode where he had his duel. Oh. Uh, I don't know, but I feel like I need to make like a meme where uh, that has him pounding the ground with that sword and be like, "What I do when I see a spider?" <laughs> <laughs> I wish. L- Londo has always reminded me of a lion when he first appears on the screen there for some reason. <laughs> Probably yeah. the hair. Yeah, the hair for sure. And it's me and my shoe when I see a spider. I just get. Just hit it over and over and over. It's like definitely dead, but you got to make sure. And sometimes it does. It's not dead, though. It gets up. That's true. (laughs) 
Oh, they probably have insects from like all the worlds on that Ew. station. Yeah. Oh, not okay. No. <laughs> and they need, yeah, that's yeah. You would think, I don't know, I would think in space that bugs would not be something that you had to worry about, and apparently I was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got spiders outside, we got bugs inside. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> we had a season one, so maybe that maintenance is tired of cleaning out every bug for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this would have been beer killing the insect if he were there. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mondo yeah. is definitely missing Veer in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so he realizes there must be more there. Um, he's interrupted by a Centauri lady arriving, and here's my IMDb. Yeah, she's played by Carmen Thomas Lindesty. We find out her name. Carmen Thomas is her name. Yeah. Well. She did a voice in Halo 2. She was in a short called Stunt. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she was in Blade, All My Children, Revenge of the Nerds 2. She was cute co-ed. <laughs> if These Walls Could Talk. Oh, I like If These Walls Could Talk. Sounds familiar. Yeah. I don't like the name Linda C. It bugs me. Yeah, it, it was weird. Like, I was thinking Dynasty and Linda. <laughs> Linda I do know someone named Lindy. <laughs> That's a lot cuter. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. After that. Oh, yeah, this is um, Sheridan and Delin. Sheridan says he wants to see more of Delin. She's like, you already seen me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, couldn't, I guess she was teasing him, right? Yeah. She's not I that dumb. Tell, so. actually. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I would think she used to you, but maybe she just didn't know what he was saying. Maybe he was having fun with how crazy English sounds. If the mean bar used some other phrase. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, that's true. He invites her to dinner. And, um... The scene was just too cutesy for me. <laughs> and I'm a shipper, but it was too much. I agree. But I'm not a shipper. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad they're moving things along a little bit. I mean, I'm a mess this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chewing on food. Okay. Um, wasn't there some comment about the slowest romance in history or something like that? Uh, no, the quickest courtship in history or something like that. Oh, for Veer and... Um, no, I thought it was for Sheridan and Delenn. I thought Sheridan said that. Adeline said it uh, later, before Ivanova interrupted them. Uh, that's okay. Because I think she's, they commented because Vera was engaged and she'd only been there okay. today or something like that. No, it's not been at yeah, that scene. Okay, I thought they were talking about themselves. I was like, wait, this isn't the quickest. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe it is for Mimbari. Who knows? <laughs> They're skipping the um, two-year ceremony yeah. for courtship. right. <laughs> So, Londo is greeting Beer and he's kind of being a smart ass or whatever. I don't know. He was he was just asking all these questions about to Beer, and then he surprises Beer with his wife. It's marriage has been arranged to marry Lindesty. Londo and Beer didn't seem as relaxed around each other as they were before that prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's better. It's yeah. just a little bit better than it was just right afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So awkward. 
Of course, if you're surprised. Yep. I don't know why he... I mean, I get that he's surprised that he's married or to be married, but um, I don't know why he's surprised about, like, it being arranged, because that seems to be something that they do. Right, right, yeah. And his first reaction was to hide behind Lando's hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Veer's hair looked different this episode. Did anybody else notice that? Like, wasn't it full? Like, to the side. It wasn't fanned out as much as it usually is, I thought. Oh, I didn't notice. I noticed that he seemed to look a little different. Yeah, he looks the hair. Next on CNC, Zach goes to see Ivana. I was kind of sad that Zach doesn't get to go up and see the stars. Oh, I know. Yeah. What was he wearing? Oh, my God. It looks so <laughs> weird. I don't even It was like a big puffy shirt thingy with like a vest over it. It was very strange. Maybe this was more comfortable than the night. <laughs> <laughs> Zach goes see the stars every once in a while, guys. Mm. So he tells Ivanova that there are more Narns passing through with Ebnus. The document, the name of the person that signed the papers is weird. Abraham, what's Abraham Lincolni or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So this is out of order, but yeah, later when Ivanova questions Beer, he tells her that. He's protecting the Narns. He's moving as many as he can to camps on Centauri Prime where they get to work in better conditions than on Narn. Because beer is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we have uh, Sheridan preparing some Florin for Dillon. It must take a lot of steps to make because there are so many pots and pans and, and just a mess all over the kitchen. Well, that makes sense, because wasn't it like some big uh, sort of ceremonial thing? Oh, was it? Wasn't that the thing that, like, Lanier prepared and... Random in body make it, it's a big ceremony. Uh (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, Sheridan, like, fell asleep at dinner and... Oh, I remember the dinner. I didn't didn't remember particularly the floor. That's me sometimes in the kitchen. I use way too many dishes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I always think about I have to wash them, so. Yeah. Um, so, Delenn's being polite, but when she tasted, she's not so good, so she distracts him and puts some more salt on it. <laughs> he's not looking. <laughs> At least she didn't hide it in a plant or something. I know, I was waiting <laughs> for that. <laughs> so, yeah, before this, we saw... Um, this was where the Narn were about to attack Beer and his wife, or his future wife. That was after this. Be- and before, uh, and this were... was that scene between them in the Sen Garden. Okay. So during the dinner, John gets a call, and since it's okay. right there, he has to go take care of it. There was a hilarious thing that happened when the Narn started attacking Veer and Lindsay. There was yeah. a Pac Marah walking <laughs> down the hall, and it literally did a double take and left. It was so <laughs> hilarious. I didn't notice that. Oh, my God. I can watch it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he takes off, and, yeah, there's this fight, and John gets... Yeah, this is where, yeah, Sheridan gets 
knocked down. Veer gets hurt, and Sheridan holds his own for a while, but then he gets knocked down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the uh, Zack and his crew come to save the day. Sheridan yeah. mm-hmm. was doing a Sinclair there. Yeah. Yeah. They really need to get, like, stun guns or something. Something that doesn't automatically just kill <laughs> kill you. And then Arn was uh, doing the pronoun game there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Heidi, like, did you did you think it was for Veer, or did you know it was for Lindsay? Um, like, during this part, I think I just assumed it was Veer, and then when they couldn't figure it out, I was like, okay, he was after her, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a very effective... Maybe it's just from years of watching TV, but... Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't effective. He yelled out, Shankar. And so they need to sh- they're having to try to figure out why... Hmm, yeah, why they're going up here. Beer doesn't know anything about what's going on or why somebody would be mad at him, but he does want some advice from Ivanova uh. <laughs> about women. <laughs> <laughs> this was a funny part. There's six um, bases, I guess. Oh boy, I I just I just cringe. <laughs> so yeah, so she gives him some advice. Yeah, and Veer is following her like like a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they hiding these six things under their clothes? <laughs> That's Where why they, they wear such big robes. <laughs> <laughs> So Ivanova and uh, Delan are talking, you know, he could have been hurt. And then Susan just pops up unexpectedly. <laughs> I'm glad this, yeah, I'm glad that somebody finally interrupted an intimate moment. <laughs> and they need to do something about that. Yeah. That's like the second time she's popped in on his quarters when he's been in that kind oh, of yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. She was, she's in the hologram. The, um, I was like, no, it can't happen in the next episode. There's going to be new protocols for for Babcom systems starting now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need like a private, you know, thing where you set it on private mode or something. Yeah. But, whoops, sorry. <laughs> so she summons Sheridan to Lundo's quarters. And according to all the records, all the people that Veer was Bunnelly are dead, so Bundo's kind of proud. You know, they're only Narn, and so this when Beer reveals that they're not really dead. They've all been smuggled off because nobody's going to look for dead people. So, and when they're better, they could you know, come through Babylon Five. Yeah, this was like the Beer's list, you know. <laughs> yeah. He tried to interrupt Ivanova there before uh, revealing anything. My notes just say. Veer tried to interrupt. No one listened to poor Veer. Great rescue operation. Commander Tellando. <laughs> Veer tried to interrupt, but no one listened. <laughs> no one listens to Veer. <laughs> or Zathras. Mm. And that explanation is uh, my favorite piece of dialogue in the series. Uh-huh. <laughs> you expect something great uh, station saving from Delenn uh, and several dreams, but... Uh, Mir just started out as the comic relief character and uh, fought an uphill battle to act on his compassion. Uh, 
And, well, he was trying to talk Rolando out of those deals with Mr. Moore than uh, before the war against the Norn as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. He's the character you'd expect to have a great rescue operation. Yeah. yeah sometimes I forgot. I noticed how the uh, Mimbari ships were still circling the station at the beginning. I like that little bit of, that little touch. Oh. Um, so later on, Linda Stee gives Beer a surprise. She, um, talks about how she killed the Narn and she left one for him. The second, yeah, since there was that one Narn on the station, he had been there with his brother. So they knew that there was another one around. So she found him and gagged him and left him for Beer to kill. Yeah. She set like a trap for him, I guess. Yeah. And every time she shows up, she's been looking for Veer. So she's, um, she lived on Narn after the war and got used to killing them, and he's surprised at her attitude. Uh, yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, she's really creepy. She, like, doesn't really have any thoughts of her own, it seems like. Hmm. Yeah, no remorse, no. And Lando decides that Beer's time on Minbar is over. He's, it was his fault for sending him there when he hadn't been finished training. And Oh, is that what he was saying? So Beer's done on Minbar? Yeah. Oh, okay, I missed that part. I'm guessing Stephen first other show has been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I think it lasted eight episodes. Oh, okay. That's my... That's my uh, Guess is what's happening with why he's back. Um, but he said something about the other um, ambassador to Minbar also having a problem, like you know, like Veer's problem. Yeah, according he, to the according to the guide, he dropped his entire citizenship and was last heard of trying to grow a bone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, interesting. Minbar influence. I guess. I really want to see Minbar. So, yeah, his record is being expunged, and Lando's disappointed in beer, and having Lindsay sent back to. Lindsay's being sent back to Centauri Prime, and her family's going to reevaluate their plan to marriage. Lando's an awful person. Yeah, yeah the same kind of sharp turn because before he seems to have some heart seal left under all that with this episode he was just truly evil seemed like yeah yeah mm-hmm. we're meant to see her as this horrible like person or whatever centauri but wando is i mean equally if not more so you know yeah I wonder if that bug, bug fight had something to do with how Lando sees the Norns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't quite kill all of them. They're always scurrying around. Next in CNC, Vanaba's using Sheridan's office, and Sheridan's like, what are you doing? Through the other way around, you know, Vanaba doesn't like people using her station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's using his uh, security clearance to, you know, for she's using Beer's authorization to continue to help get some Narn to safety. He should have told Veer what he was doing, though. Yeah. He still can use Beer's false name. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Sheridan doesn't look good as a Centauri. How <laughs> <laughs> did he recognize himself there? Yeah, he's almost unrecognizable with that with that hair. At the end, Vera seeing Linda see off, and they each think the other has problems, <laughs> but they think that it will all pass. And he kisses her goodbye, and they both say that they'll stay true to each other. So, like, technically they're married, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Are they married yet? Are they or they're, they're just engaged? Think, I think they were supposed to be married already, but they sort of talked about uh, having, like, an actual ceremony or something. That's kind of what I got from it. Okay. Do we think they consummated their marriage the night before or something? I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> oh, those See. crazy kids. Well, going into a relationship thinking you can change somebody. Yeah, hmm. it never works. So. I mean, really, what? Veer's. This was whole, kind of annoying to me, the whole Veer falling for her thing, because she showed no personality at all. I mean, it was just her it was all about the kissing yeah just yeah i mean it's just like a like clearly beer is very you know unsophisticated when it comes to relationships and i mean there was nothing there was nothing there she just was doing her what you know her duty was i guess to marry him and i don't know do you guys watch garfunkel and oats anybody no. Oh, there was this episode where they did this skit where not well, a little short where the um the two girls were started dating these guys. They went on a blind date and they they said, "How long can we go without talking?" Like, and they ended up going like on multiple dates with these guys and they never said a word. <laughs> it just kind of reminds wow. me of that. Yeah. And the title, something of a pun. It's probably a reference to sick transit. Gloria Mundi, thus passes the glory of the world. Thus passes Veer. This was supposed to, this festival was supposed to come after the next one, but they wanted something lighter, so they moved it up to this point. Uh, they wanted something light after ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Mm. What were the Narn doing in Veer's room? I could have sworn there was a line about the Narn recovery. I'm going to have to check on this. I didn't accidentally cut it. Figure the Narn, okay, that's what you said earlier. The Narn recovery? The Narns were there recovering. I guess there was a line cut maybe by accident. About that Narn Elindisty had dropped. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, there was no Garibaldi, and right? And there was no Franklin. No. No it's good without Garibaldi. Is it? Yeah. Maybe because he was rehabbing his arm. Well, I don't know. There was a um, date in the given in the episode, July of 2060, I think. Yeah. Okay, this guy was... Hmm, the um, Centauri official talking to Veer, he was in the quality of mercy. Centauri senator. Yeah, and now, now when you say the episodes, I have no idea which one it is. So. <laughs> that was the one where Franklin first got the machine that could heal people. Oh, right, yeah. And the one where loaned out to Clenier to the casino. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So, do we have any quotes? I have one this week. We're, they're not dead, Ivanova. They're not. Landau, they're not. Well, then you do have some explaining to do. Can't count on anything anymore, Ivanova. But the records, we're. we're. I altered the records so nobody would go looking for them, Sheridan. Why, we're. Because I had to do something. There were uh, females and children, some of the local leaders, the ones who uh, kept their language and their beliefs. Uh, most of them were injured from us bombing their war and sending them to forced labor camps. Uh, they weren't getting proper treatment. If I hadn't got them, uh, them out, they would have died. Instead, I had them sent to other wards, got them medical care, and when they were healthier, I ha- had them filtered back here to Babylon 5 or sent elsewhere. Sheridan, why do the records say they died? We're, because back home nobody cares about dead norns, only living ones. While I was here, there was nothing that I could do. But while I was running the diplomatic mission on Minbar, I had the chance to do something and I took it. My only regret is that I couldn't have saved more of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. It's, a, it's a bit long, but it's my only one this week. Oh, no, it's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Mine's fairly long, too. Um, This is Londo. And I just kind of cut out the other side of the conversation. There wasn't much to it. Yes, you can help me. Two hours ago, two hours ago, I called you. I told you there is a bug, an insect in my quarters. You listen to me. I do not like insects. I do not like little brown things with eight legs. I do not like anything with eight legs. Well, except for the Vinzini, but only because they're terrible at cards. Something to do with compound eyes, I think. I want this thing dead! <laughs> see. I like beer. If kisses could kill, that one would have flattened several small towns. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I have Ivanova. Six! Huh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna. I could do beer. Like the first ones. No, I'm not gonna do that. He <laughs> <laughs> um, said, "When I marry, I want it to be for love." And then she's like, "Oh, a radical." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of good lines in this one. There were. Yeah, there were a lot of good lines. And uh, I hereby appoint you the official Babylon Five sneak in residence. Oh yeah. <laughs> so guys, what's more dangerous than a locked? A locked room full of angry Nars. <laughs> Probably a locked room full of angry Centauri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a locked room full of angry Vorlons. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's probably hard to keep them locked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember uh, her name was Drusitlindesty, Drusella. I remember I was thinking Drusala when they said that the uh, Drazi god, but. I don't think that's supposed to be related anyway. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> okay. Who is our human of the week? I have Sekor Sheridan. Hmm. Um, I can go with Sheridan or Ivanova. I'll go with Ivanova because she, uh, she did that thing at the end. The sneak? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with Ivanova. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Melanie. <laughs> Who is our alien of the week? Beer. Is <laughs> <laughs> any doubt? I'm going to go with the pack Mara that did the double take. 
That'll probably be Carl's. Beer <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and Ivanova. Beer doesn't win that much, does he? No. I don't know. Maybe more than he should because he's always really great when he's there. Yeah. So let's do our ratings. You want to start us out, Melanie? Okay. I like this episode, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> there are some things here that I don't really think holds together. Like if there were more nerds than usual coming to Babylon 5 and they had been sent there by this link only, then why did Ivanova and Sheridan think that they were dead? <laughs> And uh, go asking Londo questions. Uh, and then I really think that Ivanova should have uh, told Weir uh, what he was, uh, what he was uh, doing uh, since, well, Weir clearly wanted to continue his rescue operation and Ivanova had blown his cover and, uh, well, then Ivanova kind of forgot to mention that he was continuing that operation. But I really like the uh, de- development that Weir's character got in this one. Uh, well, I given it 7.5 and bonus for Weir's character development, two points and final rating 9.5. <laughs> Very nice. Awesome. Nine point, do you have a rating system? Oh, 9.5 great uh, rescue operations. <laughs> Very good. How about you, Heidi? I really enjoyed this one. It was just fun. (laughs) Um, I was watching it late at night the first time, or I might have uh, live-tweeted it. I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Eh, I don't feel like it. Um, But it was was just a lot of fun. There were some things that... uh, that brought it down a little bit. I did not like um, Veer's new wife. Um... And I don't know, maybe that's about it that brought it down, but it was lots of fun. So um, I'm going to go with an 8.5 out of 10 um, scary, scary dreams. <laughs> I watch you, Elizabeth. Um, I don't know, because I, I think it was pretty enjoyable the first time I watched it. But it was also, I was expecting a little bit more, you know, I... I was kind of disappointed. I mean, you can kind of tell like she was going to end up being, you know, not what she appeared. And um, I didn't really like that, you know, Veer has done all this thing, you know, all this stuff he's been thinking for himself and doing all this stuff. And then he just falls for her like that. I don't know. It just kind of bugged me. I think Veer is better than that. Um, I was glad that Sheridan and Delendon kissed because I, I want it to be at least five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I hope that never happens again. Like, I, I really hope they don't get interrupted because you can only use that once. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. It, it was kind of a, you know, it was just a light episode because there really wasn't a lot of different subplots and things like that. Um, this one's a hard one to rate for me, but I guess I'll give it um, 7.5 Centauri stripper names. Yeah, <laughs> 7.5. Yeah, I agree, um, kind of wanting more out of the episode, but I did enjoy it. It was nice to have a nice little fun episode, lots of humor, and it's good to have beer back. 
Yeah, didn't like his wife either. And I don't know, the whole thing with Ivana, but that was funny, but not sure if that's going any further or not. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, so I'll give it mm, eight out of ten kisses that could flatten small towns. <laughs> Total of 8.375. So let us arrange to head over to feedback then. <laughs> So I just realized this morning that last week we got an email from Jarstow. Is it Jarstow or Jarstow? I don't remember, but it got sent to our spam folder. So I'll read it now. This is Jarstow's feedback for Ceremonies of Light and Dark. Uh, hello, down below casters. Mm-hmm. After a couple of joint commentaries with Yan, I'm sending in a solo effort today for Ceremonies of Light and Dark. We're moving back to a smaller scale after the epic space battle last week, where there's still just as much on the line. Last week we were told we got all the ones we know about, but that just leaves the ones we don't. This week we get to see some of the ones they didn't know about. While it's not as closely connected as the last three episodes, it feels like almost no time at all has passed between severed dreams and ceremonies. It's because it's probably been no more than a few hours. This is one of the episodes where B5's continuity really comes out. There isn't just a clean break where all the Nightwatch members are gone and we instantly get the new normal. Going from A to B is messy and progress takes time on this series. I also love the computer reset storyline. It's almost as if they reinstalled everything and need to re-download to get rid of annoying voice service pack. Babylon 5 predicting the future of reinstalling operating systems or perhaps just foreshadowing the rise and demise of Clippy. It looks like you're trying to run a space station. Would you like some help with that? Favorite lines from this episode. Oh, favorites from this episode. Human, Marcus for no longer having repressed anger. Alien, Lanier for Olympic-level mental gymnastics. Hmm. Quotes, <laughs> Lando to your health, Lord Rifa. Ivanova, uh, hmm, peekaboo, Garibaldi. Would you have guessed it? To be honest, all the die log between Marcus and Lanier in the bar could be in here. That's true. But I'll limit myself to one exchange. Marcus, they said I was carrying around a lot of repressed anger and I'm not repressed anymore. Computer, you know, you really should stand up straight. Your mother and I have been worried about this for years. <laughs> We've been trying to talk to you about it, but Garibaldi, PPG shot. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the quote that ought to have been in there but isn't Garibaldi's confession to Delenn. Ashley, it wasn't my second favorite thing in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Rating five out of six rather bad people at the card table. Yarsto from the Netherlands. Thank you. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's my mistake. Also, Erica sent us some comics, which I, I'm going to read. Yeah, I was going to check them out for spoilers, but she said that only one has, only one series has spoilers in them. Uh, Yarsto has a link to his website. I'm going to check this out later. <laughs> um, next, we have an email from Victor. Okay. This episode's title told us it would be about beer, although it also brought back nightmares about my high school Latin classes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You took Latin. I did, too. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Was that, like, just a language option, or did you take that in another language? Oh, that was an option. We could take Spanish, French, or Latin. Wow. Wow, yeah. You could take Spanish, French, or German in my high school. I ended up taking some Spanish, too. Oh. 
Wow. So, so can you read Latin? <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> um, it's good to see a beer centric episode. I only wish there were more of them. Since Veer's normal state of mind is a mixture of nervousness and befuddlement, it doesn't help when he learns that a marriage has been arranged for him. And oh, by the way, it seems that some Narns have sworn a blood oath to kill him. Of all the irony, who would want to kill the nicest man in this entire republic? A man who smuggles Narns to safety by using the (laughs) alias Abraham Malinconi. No one would ever suspect that was a pseudonym, right? The Centauri phone books must be full of Lincolnies. At least his betrothed appears to be a sweet, kind woman. Appears is the operative word there. Alas, poor Veer learns that sometimes beauty is only skin deep, because Lindesay is really the butcher of Narn. But before we conclude that she is an evil woman and a horrible person, let's not judge her according to our values. She was raised to be what she is, and she is a most capable and accomplished woman doing exactly what she was educated and trained to do in time of war. In fact, she would be a great catch for any young centauri who thinks like Rifa or even Londo or just about anyone but Veer. Unfortunately, she was betrothed to the one centauri man who has a conscience, so I cannot judge her harshly, as Londo said. She is a true centauri. That is an interesting perspective. In the end, Londo saves the day by calling in some favors, but the marriage has to be canceled because Veer is no longer a rising star. Oh, his marriage was canceled? They were reconsidering. Oh, okay. If only they knew. Of course, it is for the best because eventually that Barracuda would have either corrupted Veer or more likely eaten him alive. But what if they had married and according to prophecy, Veer becomes the emperor? Would she be content to be the Lady Lindesay? Or when she had become the Empress Lindesay and ruled in her own name, we will never know, sad-faced. Veer may have only gotten to one, but I have at least a passing <laughs> acquaintance with the higher numerical value, so I will give this episode 8.5 locked rooms full of angry narns. Regards, Victor. Thank you, Victor. Victor. Next we have email from Yan. Okay, I will take that one. I just have to find the beginning. There we go. Hello, fellow lurkers and down below. Here is a short feedback for Sick Transit Beer. Will be shorter because I am at the FedCon in Germany. Just met Jerry Doyle and had a homemade photo montage signed by him. Looks like he liked it. Oh, awesome. cool. That's a picture of that. Cool. Hooray! Beer is back. But what has he done? As everyone says, he has some explaining to do. because he saw a problem and a possible action, and Veer seems to always follow his conscience. This is really nice character development we are seeing here. Don't we all love Veer even more after this episode? Abrahami Lincoln was such a nice cover name. (laughs) (laughs) Then there is the title. You might not know, but Veer in Latin means man or mankind. So the translation is something like, thus passes Veer, man, mankind. Food for thought. Hmm. Favorite quote, Londo. Veer, then you do have something to explain. Favorite human, Ivanova. Favorite alien, Veer, without a doubt. Rating, I give this episode 9 out of 10 missing Narns. That's all for this time. Take care because you have passed the point of no return. Yan, the Babylon Lurker. Yeah. Thank you, Yan. Somebody was telling, my friend of mine was telling me yesterday he thought Lucille Ball was still alive. <laughs> He's surprised. I know that she wasn't. 
Anyway, well, that's where right. did that come from? I didn't really know one uh, way or the, the other. That he has some explaining to uh-huh. do. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yep, I was thinking Lucy too. <laughs> Next email is from Anka. I'll read this one. Anka says, hi, down below team and Melanie. Poor Veer, poor Susan, poor Narns. This was a hilarious standalone episode, one that I always enjoy. The story is quite interesting. You would think the Narns would have a grudge against Veer, while it's the complete opposite. Also, Veer's wife, except for being a little annoying and a complete lunatic racist, is quite lovely and very well played. <laughs> you know, except for that. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from the story, this episode was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, all the stuff that his wife was saying, I was just like, oh, I can see... <laughs> Some parallels that JMS is making between what people in our world think. Uh, back to Anka. Today is just a few. Today, just a few observations. This is the first episode both Sheridan and all viewers are like, "Damn it, Ivanova!" Now Sheridan is probably taking Ivanova's privilege away that allows her to simply pop up on his screen whenever she has a crisis <laughs> to report. I don't think that that's a privilege. I think that just happens. Yeah. As Lando puts it, I hope there's a good reason for that interruption. <laughs> While Veer is mean, making really, out... He could be walking around naked, seriously. Yeah. 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 About this multiple just times. Private quarters, yeah, just pop up. I guess people are never naked on in their quarters in Bad Wi-Fi. No. Well, I don't know when Drawl popped up. Wasn't he in the shower? So. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. While Vera is making out, we are one episode down for Sheridan and Delyn. Heidi and Elizabeth, your bed is still on. <laughs> Don't think I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> also, it's unbelievable what Sheridan did to the kitchen for that little bit of flour. <laughs> Thank you. He should ask Ivanova for some relationship advice. She would tell him to simply order in. The episode is the reason I always start laughing in yoga class. Finger stretching exercises are not that easy when you think of six and intimacy. Poor Narns, it's really horrible what we learn here about the Centauri war machinery. I mean, honestly, nobody seems to even notice what's going on. It's like everyone gave up on them. But let's get back to the real problems. All the station personnel seem to conspire against Londo, even the station's exterminator. But Londo is finally seeking help at the weekly AA meeting. Anonymous arachnophobist with Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually oh, yeah. wondering if the um, if the exterminator was a Narn. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Lando to Marcus. Those eight-legged creatures are the real reason I finally told Mr. Morton to stay the hell away from me. Poor Ivanova having to go through all those awkward conversations. I guess she regrets that Sheridan that she asked Sheridan to give her more diplomatic tasks that not. Just deal with parking ships and counting cargo. Now that is the real reason for all her bad dreams. Poor Ivanova, all those people coming to her asking for advice. You can't cook. Order in, I tell you. And all those times she accidentally interrupts her boss. It's not what it looked like. Seriously, we need a sign. (laughs) Vera's wife is really creepy. A real Centauri, as Londo puts it. But what relationships don't have their ups and downs, right? There's so many good quotes. In this episode, let's see. Dylan, humans can be a very depressing people. Sheridan, only if we get turned down for dinner. Lando, oh, don't worry, Vera. I told her only, I only told her the good parts. It was a very short conversation. 
Lando, if you see something this big with eight legs coming your way, let me know. I have to kill it before it develops language skills. <laughs> and the one about the radical we got, um, Dylan, I didn't come for the decor, Sheridan. Well, I hope you didn't come for the cuisine either. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were other women, but I never got past one. Ivanova, you mean base? You mean, you mean first base? Beer, we have six, and Ivanova, all I can say is that enthusiasm, sincerity, genuine compassion, and humor can carry you a long way through any lack of prior experience of high numerical value. <laughs> oh, the awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Londo, you fell in with bad company, free thinkers, anarchists, Mimbari. <laughs> it's a very... Uh, Anka says, it's a very funny standalone episode. I think one of the best standalone episodes. As I always say, Londo and Beer need their own sci-fi sitcom. Ivanova as the main sidekick. Dylan and Sheridan for the fun of will they ever get each other. Some Narns for the red shirt effect. All in all, B5 would make for a great comedy sci-fi show. I give it 8 out of 10 interrupted moments of, of intimacy. Interlocks fingers. <laughs> Human of the week, poor Ivanova. Alien of the week, hero beer. Yeah, he got the creepy girl. <laughs> Yay, beer. Cheers, Anka. Thanks, Anka. S- sent from my iPad. <laughs> 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 Next, we have an email from Evelyn. <clears throat> Post this. Ooh. There we go. Alrighty. Um... The lines at the top, that's, that's supposed to be there. That's not missing anything? Uh, yeah, that's where it starts. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Sick Transit Beer is one of my favorite episodes because I always felt that we didn't get to see enough of Veer. I found his relationship with Londo interesting to watch over the course of the series. It was also fun to see him with a woman, and what a woman. <laughs> the actress played the part well. She, yeah, she did, actually. She did. She really had me hating her character. The fact that Beer was disturbed enough by the treatment of the Narn and was willing to step up and do something about it was good to see. It signaled he is going to be his own man and not just a puppet for Londo. I also enjoyed Londo killing the bug in Susan's dream. Everyone on the station are dealing with the aftermath of the break with Earth, Gov, and trying to figure where they fit in. I liked the little dinner date between John and Delenn. It was nice to see them in an everyday situation, doing ordinary things. Overall, I give this episode an 8.5 for balancing both the very serious and the comic elements well. Favorite alien, Veer. Favorite human, Susan. I continue to enjoy the podcast. They are both interesting and informative. Smiling face with sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the email actually has the emoticon. It's got translated oh, funny. words. Yeah. <laughs> On intro to Briscoe, that would happen. We have a German listener, so it would write smiley face, but it would be in German. <laughs> I can't remember what the word for it was, but it was funny. Oh, that's funny. Thanks, Evelyn. Yeah, thank you, Evelyn. Smiley face with sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to write that instead of doing the most. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Write winky face. and. <laughs> Next, we have... Email from Lori and Carl. Hello, Ambassadors. It's Beer! Even though this was a somewhat light episode after a series of very serious ones, it is brought up considerably by Veer and the revelations about him. 
We're continuing to find out that he is much more than he has seemed to be. I like the first scene of him petting the throne on Centauri Prime. <laughs> you have to think that he is thinking about the prophecy. <laughs> Even though it was a bit overdone, we liked the joke about the angry Narn in the room leading to seeing the Narn in the room. Carl initially guessed this was a dream as it came after Ivanova's dream sequence. Yeah. And then we see Londo fighting the eight-legged bugs. <laughs> Is this perhaps a veiled metaphor? <laughs> Given that the shadows look like bugs with eight legs, even though he does not know that yet. Carl was yelling, grab the sword to Londo the whole scene for killing the bugs. So this resulted in much Carl clapping when Londo picked up the sword and stabbed one. <laughs> After the introduction of Linda C. to Veer, Carl predicted it will end badly in some way. And as it turns out, it does. She's very creepy, telling the story of how her father culled the herds to cut out the aggression and even took out whole villages. Poor Veer. He gets the beautiful girl, but she turns out to be a little too Centauri. Are the ambassadors glad that Veer is back on the station for now, at least? Will he try and continue to help the Narns? Mm. Yes, very glad. Apparently that other show thing didn't work out or something. I don't know. The other love story of the episode is, of course, Delenn and Sheridan. Carl was predicting hard that the first kiss would be this episode, so there was a lot of cursing at the TV when it was interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Though at least she did not have to eat the dinner that looked like badly prepared tofu. Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. Mm-hmm. He has now revised his prediction to saying that they will get interrupted at least a couple more times before it happens. Oh, I hope that's not we liked the short scenes with Ivanova and Veer and then with Sack. It was good to see how the recent events were affecting her and how she eventually comes to deal with it. I will also be interested to see what you all thought of Lindisty. She was a bit of a character, but I think that was intended. Veer deserves better, I think. Maybe a nice Mimbari girl. <laughs> Quotes. Delay. Oh. Are you not seeing me now? I would assume that you see me every time we meet. Unless I have become translucent or insubstantial, and no one has thought to inform me until now. (laughs) (laughs) And then the one from Londo about the um, before it develops language skills. Uh, Carl, rating one. WTF, OMG, is going on kissing, kissing, nudity galore. (laughs) 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 Ship, UFO, at the beginning. Set, room full of Narns. <laughs> Lie, Ivanova lying about her dream. Alien, psychopathic murderess over attached fiancé. <laughs> Human, Ivanova's nudity. <laughs> Lori, 7 out of 10 bugs on a sword point. Alien, Veer, Human, Ivanova. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, is it my turn next? I think it yes. is. Next, we have another email from Yarstow. Cool. I have to be both Yarstow emails this week. Hello, down below casters. Here's my feedback for Sick Transit Beer. Given the amounts of feedback you're getting, I'll try to keep this short. Oh, don't worry about it. That's nice. First of all, a note on the title. You already mentioned last episode that this can translate from Latin either as Thus Passes Beer or Thus Passes the Man. I would like to add, if you haven't already in this episode, that Sixth Transit is most often heard as part of the phrase Sixth Transit Gloria Monday, thus passes earthly glory, which makes it even more apt for this episode. It also gave the 
episode bonus points for giving me a rare chance to use what little Latin I still remember from school. Things I love in this episode. Linda Steve providing a mirror for Veer. While outwardly stronger, she lacks his inner strength as a, and as a result sticks to the orthodox Centauri line. Linda, though his faults are many and grievous at this point in time, is still lo- a loyal friend to Veer, or perhaps just trying to stay in the good graces of future Emperor Veer. After a heavy run of episodes, we get some lighter notes again. Ivanova's dream and subsequent conversation with Sheridan, but also Londo's insect hunt. Speculation. Given the Centauri propensity for going native, how many problems could be solved if someone found a way to rotate the entire Centauri royal court through that li- liaison office on Minbar? Mm. <laughs> Quotes. Ivanova, I'm just burying my soul as a preface to you asking. Wait, <laughs> I'm just burying my soul as a preface to asking you for some silverware. Ivanova, oh, uh, no, sorry, Londo, the thing about compound eyes and the one about language skills. Sheridan, what I lack in finesse, I make up for in portions. Barely edible, but lots of it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Sheridan, it's murder. Londo, you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Oh, Londo, you're the worst. That reminded me. That reminded me of something from the old Babylon podcast. But never mind. <laughs> um, favorite alien: Abraham Lincoln-y, <laughs> as played by Veer. Human: Abraham Lincoln-y, as played by Ivanova. <laughs> Honorable mention: Sheridan for donating the image rights and floor and cooking above and beyond the call of duty. Writing 1,700 out of 2,000 smuggled Narns. <laughs> Yarsto from the Netherlands. Thank you. Thanks, Yarsto. Uh, thanks for all the feedback, everybody. Hey. Love it. If you want to send us feedback, that's mail at downbelowpodcast.com or the website or the Facebook groups and leave us an iTunes review. I think it's been a while since we've had an iTunes review. I know. That's your mission. And then I'm so jealous of people who get to go to Comic-Con. It's going to be a B5 panel, and pretty much all the main cast that's still living is going to be there, hosted by Patricia Tallman. Well, I guess I'm sort of glad I'm not going to Comic-Con, because I'd have to avoid it like the plague, so... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, probably be spoiled I there. bet, yeah. But send us pictures if you get to go. I hate you, I'm jealous of you, but if you get to go, send us pictures. <laughs> Send us a report. All right. I closed everything down. Oh, it's prediction time. <laughs> I was about to skip to the end. Let's do predictions. The next episode is called A Late Delivery from Avalon. Okay. Uh, that was a long title. Avalon. Is that with a V or a B? V. As in very okay. beer. <laughs> beer as in beer. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, is that like part of the whole myth of King Arthur? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Merlin comes. <laughs> um, Merlin arrives and <laughs> is actually a Vorlon. <laughs> uh, okay. Avalon is legendary island. What was the whole title again? Sorry. A late delivery from Avalon. Okay. 
um, well, they've been waiting for something and it's late. (laughs) (laughs) It's the big post office. (laughs) Well, plus they're cut off from Earth, so... (laughs) um, I think it has something to do with something mystical or I'm going to tie it in with like, you know, Avalon. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe the, uh, what are those called again? Those magic, those science magic people. Um, Technomages? Technomages. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they show up or. Maybe that sword that Londo stabbed the spider with is actually Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> It was a tiny oh, no. sword. Pulled but... it out of a stone. And he's going to be king now. And that will show who's going to be emperor. Londo yeah. or Veer. Who's going to be emperor first. <laughs> um, maybe Lita comes back. I'm going to go with, since it's um, since it seems to be a mystical title, uh, that it's something to do with Kosh. Because I'd really just like to see it back because he's been missing for so long. He has. He's really been missing for a long time. Um. Yeah, either one of those sounds good. Okay. Gosh, or Technobages. Overall predictions. I had something from this episode. Now I have to remember what it was. Oh, um, I think that uh, I'm still sticking to my within five episodes uh, for the kiss. But um, I think that when it happens, it needs to happen like how I've been wanting it to happen every other time. Like, I didn't like this way. I didn't want it to happen now. I want it to happen, like, after an epic battle or something, and then they just run into each other's arms, and it's this big moment. Mm-hmm. So, I'm predicting it'll happen that way, hoping it will happen that way, but, because I think we're going to go back into, you know, big things happening, because this was sort of a um, sort of a down episode where they were like, okay, you know, we're doing some things because there's nothing going on, but I don't think that's going to keep happening. So I think that we're going to get back into some big stuff and that the kiss will happen after something big. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. Um, I don't have any <laughs> predictions uh, from this episode. Probably. Um, yeah, I didn't even realize that Vera wasn't going to be going back to Midbar. So, I guess there'll be there'll be lots of Londo and Vera hijinks going forward. And Vera will slay the huge spider. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you think anything will come out of Lanier's love for Delenn? Mm, I could see him dying to save mm. her at some point. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's come close several times already. Maybe he marries their child. No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. He imprints on their child. No. And... Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what's happening. Oh, the creep factor. <laughs> that's where Twilight Pedophile got Pedophile werewolf. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess that's it for me. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, Melanie, thanks for joining us this week. Hope you'll come back in season four. Uh, yeah, four. Yeah, thanks, Melanie. <laughs> thanks for having me. And I've already picked out what episodes I want in season four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for sending another feedback every week. Oh, yeah, we love it. All right. Well, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next week with a late delivery from Avalon. 
But until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.